On Palm Sunday weekend, the Chicago Tribune published a story about sexual misconduct allegations made by women against Willow Creek pastor Bill Hybels. Over the last four months, we have seen so many other news stories related to this issue. It's been a very confusing and emotional period for our brothers and sisters who attend Willow, as well as many of our people in our church who have attended or have been touched by their ministry. As I read the news coverage and the published updates that came out of Willow Creek, I realized that there was a great deal of confusion in people's understanding of what was happening. The Lord has laid it on my heart to speak about this matter publicly in order to help people understand the issues, in order that we might know how to pray. You might ask, Dan, why are you so burdened by this? Well, the first reason is that God has used Bill Hybels' ministry to impact my personal life and ministry. The first time I walked in Willow Creek's doors was back in 1988, and I was a senior at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, and I attended one of their first training conferences. When my wife and I started our first church in Nina, Wisconsin, the next year, we used the Willow Creek model for our ministry. Bill Hybels has been a distant mentor of mine for over 30 years. I've attended numerous Willow Global Leadership Summits and other training events. I've listened to countless hours of Bill's Hybels teachings, and I've become a stronger teacher and leader because of them. The second reason in addressing these matters is that Springbrook has been heavily influenced by Willow. In our first year, we became a member of the Willow Creek Association, and I still remember our group number. We were the, fifth, we were the 1507th church to join. We were early adopters. Now the association has grown to influence leaders around the world, and most recently had their global leadership a summit. Now, many of you have attended Willow Creek, but raise your hand if you ever were a regular attender there. All right. Probably all of us have been touched by the ministry of Willow. Willow Creek has a main campus at Barrington and eight campus locations. I know and respect the campus pastors of the Crystal Lake campus as well as the Huntley campus. Marcus Biskey being the campus pastor at Crystal Lake and Todd Catter, the campus pastor in Huntley. Both of these churches are in critical seasons of development. Willow Creek Crystal Lake just moved into a new building in Crystal Lake, and the Huntley campus is in the midst of constructing their first building. They need our prayers and support as we work together to reach McHenry County for Christ. God tells us to pray for each other. Colossians 4, 2 through 4. Continue steadfastly in prayer, 
being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray for us also that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of the church on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. For those unfamiliar with the church, with the recent crisis, let me give you a short history. Willow Creek started in 1975, a church that was targeted to reach seekers, people far from God. It started out as a youth ministry with Bill and Lynn Hybels leading, and then they started to rent the Willow Creek Theater. It became a church. From those humble beginnings, Willow has grown over to 25,000 people in attendance and has also played a critical role in leadership development around the world. Over the last four months, women's allegations about Bill Hybels' sexual misconduct were made public through news stories in different newspapers. Bill Hybels denied these allegations. He was planning to retire in October of this year, but resigned in April. He still denies the charges, but myself, as well as the majority of people at Willow Creek, uh, do believe that these allegations are true. We need to ask God, we need to ask God that Bill Hybels would repent of his sin. We need to especially pray for the women who were victims of his sexual misconduct, praying that they would be fully heard and that God would heal their hearts from these traumatic experiences. Ten days ago, the elder board from Willow resigned. Two weeks ago, Steve Carter, their teaching pastor, resigned from his position after hearing of other allegations. Heather Larson, the lead pastor, resigned the same day as the elder board. The elders apologized to the congregation, the staff, and to the woman who made the allegations. The elder board made missteps along the way in trying to sort these things out. It takes courage, excuse me. Uh, I believe we were blinded by misguided loyalty uh, to Bill. The elders wrote in a statement we apologize and ask for forgiveness that the tone of our initial response was not one of humility and deep concern for all the women involved. It takes courage for a woman to step forward and share her story. I have great respect for the courage and humility of each of these elders. They are trying to do their best in a very complex situation. They own their mistakes. We need to pray for them that people would forgive and embrace them. A team of national leaders is being put together to conduct a full investigation of these allegations. And new leaders will soon be appointed. One of the reasons that the elders resigned was in order to give Willow a fresh start. I'm encouraged now that Willow can hopefully move into a recovery mode. I'm encouraged that Steve Gellin, the North Shore campus pastor, 
is now the interim pastor. I wanted to use a manuscript as I went over those details because it is a very sensitive and delicate matter, and I wanted to make sure that I communicated properly. So yes, this has been a burden on my heart uh, the first time I heard about it, and it was shocking, and uh, I'm just hoping today that, that we can understand what happened better in order that we might be able to better pray for everyone at Willow. How to pray for churches. First of all, when you pray for a church, whether it be Willow or any other church, you pray for the leaders. We've been in this series on the book of Acts called Unfinished because the story of the church is not over yet. We are a part of that story. Willow is a part of that story. And that's why we want to address these things. And we need to pray for the leaders of any church. As we talk about the church, there's the universal church. That means all the believers in the world. Sometimes it's called the invisible church. And then there's the local church the local gathering of people who claim their allegiance to Jesus Christ. And, of course, we are a local church. In fact, the word in the Greek means assembly, assembly of people. In this case, an assembly of people who claim Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I feel very strongly that we need to support local churches around us, especially evangelical churches. Now, that word evangelical has many times uh, been misunderstood. Many times people will think, well, that's evangelism because it sounds like evangelism, evangelical. Well, certainly that's part of the word. But there's really kind of four things that define an evangelical church. Number one is that the Word of God, the Bible, is the final authority for belief and practice. That is the most important thing. It's all centered from the revelation that comes from Scripture. The second thing is to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. That's the second thing. Jesus Christ was God himself, and he paid the penalty. The next thing is that people need to trust in Jesus Christ in order to experience salvation from the penalty of sin. The fourth thing is that we need to be passionate and concerned about all the people who do not know Jesus, lost people, who we want them to experience what we know. So that's an evangelical church. The Bible is where we, it's our book that we depend on for the revelation from God. Jesus Christ died to pay the penalty. Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. And we want other people 
to know about him. So when you hear the word evangelical, that's what the idea is, the four things that, that surface. So when we look at the evangelical churches in this area, Fox Valley Church, uh, just down uh, in Dundee, uh, that's an evangelical church. Uh, Crystal Lake Evangelical, uh, first uh, Crystal Lake Evangelical Free Church in Crystal Lake, that's an evangelical church. Harvest, Willow, and, and several others teach the word of God. Unfortunately, the majority of churches are not evangelical churches. It's always important that if you're looking for a church or someone in your family is looking for a church is to ask about those beliefs. In James 3.1, it says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Now, James was writing uh, to believers and there's always a sense that people, some people, would like to be teachers. That, that sounds like a great job, being able to teach others and instruct. But he's saying, now, wait a second. Don't be rushing into this because those who teach will be judged with greater strictness. When we go to heaven, there is no doubt if we've trusted Christ as our Savior that we will experience joy forever with him. But there will be a time when he evaluates our lives. When he asks, how and what did you do with the resources I gave you? How did you glorify me? How did you live a holy life? And what this is saying is that when I step up as a teacher pastor, he's going to judge me more strictly because of my role. I have a very special role because I'm teaching you. And it's, it's, of course, I need to be teaching truth, but more importantly, I need to be modeling the Christian life for you. I'm a weak and frail person like all of us. There's no special powers that a pastor has. Uh, I need to stay as close to God as possible. But again, the teacher who falls is going to, again, cause more damage uh, to the body of Christ. And we think about Willow and uh, where Bill's at and the things that have happened. And a lot, of, a lot of things happen that are so sad. There's some people that will leave Willow and they'll say, well, this whole Christianity thing, <laughs> you know, it must not be real because Bill Hybels has fallen in this way. Other people will doubt their faith. Other people will say, I don't need the church. It's full of hypocrites. And here the pastor uh, was an incredible hypocrite. So I'm going to check out and do Christianity on my own. Well, that's why it's so important, and I'll ask you this several times this morning, that you pray for me. Pray that I would uh, remain holy, seek to please God in the way that I live, that I would walk closely with God, 
and I would be protected uh, from sin, uh, from impurities. Uh, again, not being perfect, but again, continuing to seek after Christ. Because we know that Satan is always at work. We read in 1 Peter 5, 8, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Think about that. A lion seeking someone to devour. In several passages we'll look at today, we'll see the command to be sober-minded, to be watchful. Because again, if we are not giving our attention to what's happening in our hearts, if we're not reading the Word of God, if we're not in prayer, we can so, so easily drift off path and the devil will have a chance, again, to hurt us. And that's why it's so important that we be watchful. I mean, imagine being eaten by a lion, devoured by a lion. And you need to remember (laughs) that Satan wants to devour you. Satan wants to devour your kids. Satan wants to devour your friends. And Satan wants to devour churches. And friends, it's sad to say, but Satan had a victory at Willow Creek. He was effective at damaging the testimony of the church. It's just a personal wake-up call for all of us, those who are leaders, those who are uh, following Jesus Christ, that we always need to be so aware of the sin that is in our hearts. When I was thinking about this, I, I again, was very disturbed by it. But then I thought of King Solomon. King Solomon, remember the King Solomon and how God came to him and said, I'll give you whatever you want. What if God came to you and asked that question? (laughs) That gets you thinking, right? What would I ask for? I mean, this is just an open offer. And what did Solomon ask for? What did he ask for? Wisdom, right? In order that he might guide and lead the people of God. And because he did not ask for wealth, possessions, power, God gave him all those things. So Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived. Now what happened? Well, he had a great start. But he had, again, that issue of uh, sexual sin. In fact, what he would do is when he would make a treaty with another country, he would marry uh, a daughter or whoever from the country in order to kind of seal the deal. He had 700 wives. Men, can you imagine that? (laughs) 700 wives? (laughs) That might get a little bit complicated. Uh, and 300 concubines on top of that, there to, again, uh, meet his uh, sexual desires. And what happened was, is he wanted to please 
these women, and they, they came from other countries, so they were serving other gods, so he would build personal worship areas uh, for their god. And then his heart also started to worship those gods. So if you have Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, fall into sexual temptation. Wow. That's a wake-up call for all of us, isn't it? And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice and had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods. But he did not keep what the Lord commanded. That's sad. We need to guard our hearts. We need to pray for the leaders of our church as well as the leaders of other churches. Another thing I think is important is that we need to remember uh, the context, the big picture, one might say, of churches. Now, many people have come to Christ at Willow. Unbelievable what God has done. And some of them, that's the only church they've ever gone to. And Bill Hybels is a pastor, the only pastor they've ever had. And when this happens, they are really rocked. They are torn up. We need to remind them that, hey, this is really sad, but it happens much more than you would imagine. Or pastors fall into some type of sin, whether it be arrogance or greed or power trips or sex. This happens. How many remember the name Ted Haggard? Ted Haggard, yeah. Ted Haggard was the pastor of the new community church in Colorado Springs. And he was a national leader. In fact, he was the president of the National Association of Evangelicals, the NAE. Now, only pastors who are greatly respected are president of that group of churches that calls themselves evangelicals. But in 2006, it was found that he was having a homosexual affair and also was probably using drugs. He had a church of 25,000 people, and Satan took him down. I mean, if we go really far back, how many remember Jimmy Swaggart and Jim and Tam Baker? Oh, just, oh, there have been so many, so many. And, and Bill Hybels, sadly enough, is one of them. And so if we're dialoguing with someone and say, hey, listen, this happens. Mega churches, mid-sized churches, small churches. Again, Satan is uh, winning some battles in that way. But when we think about this, it's kind of like, how, why is that? Well, this is the reason. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick, who can understand it? 
Now, when we read that verse, usually we think, oh, that is so true. We think about the news. Uh, we think about maybe other people in our lives. I mean, how could they be so sinful? And the problem is, is that we don't own that verse. We don't say, yeah, that's me. Dan's heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand Dan's heart? Who can understand your heart? Again, we as Christ followers, we can do the right things, uh, say the right things, and, and feel like, hey, we're good with God, but we always need to keep in the back of our minds how desperately sinful we are and how our heart can go anywhere. That's why you hear so often when, when someone gets into sin of this nature, we say, how could that happen? And it would never happen to me. I would never do that type of thing, right? When you start saying it will never happen to me, you are in a dangerous spot. And Satan is ready to pounce. Every one of us say, yes, that could happen to me. And be aware of that. That any type of sin. And we know our weaknesses, right? We know those sins that we struggle more with and we need to be alert uh, toward those. But we have deceitful hearts. Now, many people will say, well, Bill Hybels, you know, he was pastor of this very large church and one of the most influential evangelicals in the world. I mean, if he has fail. What does that say about evangelicalism? Some people will say, yeah, Bill Hybels uh, did that, so forget the gospel. I'm not believing in it. But when people say that, has anybody had any conversations with unbelievers about Willow Creek? Yeah, okay, yeah. You might have those conversations. And what do you say to these people? You say, you know what? Bill Hybels is not the leader of Willow Creek. Who is? Jesus Christ. Colossians 1, 17 through 18. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning of and the firstborn from the dead, that in everything, in everything, he might be preeminent. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. Now, you can tell people Jesus Christ is the head of the church. You know, he puts pastors in, in positions like that, but, you know, they're, they're sinners, like all of us, and, and certainly they can be tempted away by Satan, no matter how gifted they are, no matter how uh, much they've influenced other people. Another question that I think that comes up sometimes is, why would God even use Bill Hybels? God was aware of what was going on over the years. 
I mean, how could he bless so many people? Have you read a book by Bill Hybels? Yeah. Yeah, many, many uh, books. A and it's important to say, hey, listen, God works in the strangest ways. He does. He can use people who are in sin to help other people. Now, it's not right that they're in that role, per se, but again, God's ways are mysterious. So sometimes people will say, well, I have to discredit everything that I heard that Bill spoke. No, you don't. First of all, of course, you have to check it if it lines up with Scripture. But no, God, uh, Bill Hybels spoke truth. There's no reason to discredit that. You have to evaluate it based on what we now know about him, what was going on in, the, in, the, in his life. When you have a church, uh, the way, way churches are designed, evangelical churches, usually you'll have a, a board that leads. In our church, that's an elder board. Uh, we have an elder board here at Springbrook, and uh, they are a great bunch of guys. In fact, we see here in First Peter some of the encouragements and commands to elders. It says, shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Shepherd the flock. Our elders meet twice a month uh, to give oversight uh, to the ministry of the church, to talk about important issues, and I'm so grateful uh, for them. Uh, they speak truth into my life. They give me honest feedback. And I try to be a teachable person. <laughs> but they've helped me grow so much and see my blind spots and help me to be the pastor uh, that I, I should be. It goes on to say, not under compulsion. Again, an elder position is something that you're called to, and it's very difficult sometimes in the role of, of an elder. You have to make difficult decisions. You have to pray for spiritual discernment as we look at different situations, different people's lives, and say, okay, is there something we need to do here? But willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain. So the elders shouldn't have the, uh, the thought, or I shouldn't have the thought, oh, well, I want to be a pastor and an elder so that other people will look up to me. But eagerly, eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge. And that's something that commonly happens with pastors as well. It can be domineering. Don't be domineering, but being examples to the flock. And there it is, living out the truth that is taught. And when the chief shepherd appears, we're just under shepherds, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. This time, I'd like uh, all of our elders to stand that are here at this service, as well as uh, former elders. So if you guys could stand and stay standing just for a moment. Uh, Dave Green, back here. Uh, Dave has been on our elder board for two years now, and uh, 
uh, just does a great job. It's helped us so much in our financial, our budget. I mean, he really helped us to, to get our budget uh, tight last year. He had so many gifts. And Dave, it's so great uh, to have you on the board. And uh, see, is anybody, don't hide on me. <laughs> okay, I see fingers. Uh, there's Dave. Is somebody standing that I'm not seeing? Well, we got Dean Brad, of course, in the back, <laughs> right there, way up in the, the sound booth. And uh, Dean uh, has served a full term, maybe more, <laughs> on the elder board. And I uh, just appreciate Dean's heart so much. He just loves the Lord. He loves to serve. He's given a week of his vacation every year just to help us as we prepare uh, for Easter, and Deanna's the same way, and and Dean has a memory of an elephant, so <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so I always go to Dean and say, what? But thank you for your service, Dean. Matt Warline, stand up for a moment, my friend. Matt Warline just finished uh, six years on our board, and Matt uh, just has uh, a lot of discernment. A lot of wisdom. And he also is our secretary, so <laughs> he did an awesome job with that. Uh, but yeah, Matt, thank you for your service uh, to the board and to this church. We need to be praying. Yeah, we have a great elder board. We've always had great leadership throughout the 20, almost 23 years that we've existed as a church. The next thing is to pray for the attenders, to pray for the attenders of Willow. Again, we go back to Ephesians 16. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. You see that again? Keeping alert. We see that over and over again. Why is that? Because we can become distracted so easily. We, we need to stay alert. We need to stay close to Jesus in order that we might not be drawn away from sin, making supplication for all the saints. And again, I've talked about the importance of praying uh, for missionaries, praying again for local pastors, praying for Christian leaders. The question has come up is when do you leave a church? Some people, of course, consider that as they're at Willow. Uh, well, first of all, you leave a church when the church is no longer tr teaching truth from God's Word. Makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, if they teach a different gospel or, uh, again, something else that doesn't uh, square with Scripture, it's a time to leave. You can no longer submit to church leadership. That's also very important. If you feel you can no longer submit uh, to our elders and uh, our pastors, uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's a serious thing. And again, uh, we encourage you to become members because... When you become a member of our church, you become part of our family, and you're saying, yes, 
I identify with Springbrook Community Church. And I am part of the family. And I have responsibilities. And that whole idea of becoming a member, which again, it's very difficult for people to get there sometimes, and I understand it, but I believe it is a biblical principle. And I believe the more members that we have, the stronger we are. And some people say, well, I'm doing everything that a member should be doing. And so I'd say, well, become a member. Proclaim that. You really make a statement by becoming a member of a church. God has called me here. I am going to, again, be committed to this church through the good and through the bad. Third reason is God calls you to another church. And the challenge these days is that people have such a consumer orientation when it comes to church involvement. They'll just kind of you know, jump from church to church based on, you know, what's best for them. But, but if you're committed to a church, you're saying, what's best for the church? And again, churches go through difficult seasons over the last 23 years here at Springbrook. There have been a lot of difficult seasons. And they've been painful. And I am so grateful for the people who stayed. I understand to some degree people leave, you know, but again, sometimes it's a herd mentality like, well, that person's leaving and so forth. No. You really need to, to prayerfully consider and talk to Christian friends whenever you decide that you are going to leave the church and talk with the leadership, talk with the pastor. Maybe, you know, work the issues out. Uh, it's so important. Sometimes you move, right? Sometimes there's a closer church here. There's a closer... Did I down? Hello? I'm sorry? Okay. Uh, there's a closer church to your house. And sometimes there's just so much emotional pain you've experienced. For example, many times when a person's spouse dies, they won't return because it's too painful to come to church alone. And, of course, being in a familiar church, yeah, I can understand that. Um, and, of course, at Willow, I was talking with a couple that we're friends with. And I went to eat with them, and they've attended Willow and been very engaged. And as soon as I asked the question, she started to cry. She started to cry. It broke her. She didn't, she just had to leave, and certainly I understand that. But at the same time, if you're able to stay, if you've done everything and you've talked about your concerns, do that. And for anybody attending Willow at this time, I would encourage them, and you should encourage them, to stay. Because again, the first chapter of this difficult season is over. The leadership has stepped down. 
again, which represented some of these issues, and now they're, they're turning to new leadership. That would be a reason to stay. It's an opportunity for us to speak into people's lives. And at the same time, they might not be able to stay. And then we need to encourage them to plug into another church right away. Because sometimes they say, well, I'm taking a break from church, and they never come back. But, but again, people at Willow, they have to go through a healing period after going through this experience. This first year is so critical for Willow. This first year, we need to double our prayers for them because it's a critical year for the future. And I believe Willow has so many great years in the future, but we need to pray for that. The last thing is to pray for unbelievers. To pray for unbelievers. Matthew 5, 15 through 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We talked about unbelievers and, uh, you know, they just kind of put it in our face in our production meeting uh, before the service. We were talking briefly about this and Pastor Rich shared about somebody he had talked to went to his office, and the guy picked up the paper and said, what about this, right? Another woman said that she was trying to reach this person for Christ, and the person said, ah, right? Another barrier to the gospel. Another person I talked to had several friends that they were trying to reach for Christ, and again, it's been a topic of conversation. So it's so important for us that when people ask that question, what about this, what about Willow, they say, it is so sad. My heart has been broken by it. But I realize that Jesus Christ is the head of the church and that pastors are, are like all of us. They're sinners, they're frail, they fall. And it's been devastating what's happened. But don't look at men, right? Look at Jesus Christ. And what I find with unbelievers, you know, it's just their most recent reason why they don't want to talk about Jesus. <laughs> so don't get too discouraged by that, right? I mean, if they're not there yet, they'll use anything. But we know the Holy Spirit draws unbelievers to him. And here, here's the key thing. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I'll tell you what, it's not some pastor who's going to make a difference in your friend's life. It's you. It's you. They are watching you. They are seeing how you live their life. That's where it happens. And so therefore, all of us, should be sober and alert in order that we might live a life not far from perfect life, right? <laughs> Don't get the wrong idea here, but, but where you're pursuing Christ and you're growing in Him. Sometimes people will say, oh, what's going to happen to the church? We need to remember what Jesus Christ said. 
And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Don't be worried about the church, right? Jesus Christ is building the church, and sometimes it doesn't make sense to us, but he's building the church in order that more people might know him personally, and someday he'll come back for us. Let's pray together. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, very challenging issues to talk about. I pray for Bill. I pray that he would repent. That would be such a wonderful thing. That would help so many people heal. I pray for the leadership at Willow, the new leadership, as well as all the campus pastors, especially Todd Catter and Marcus Bisky, who are near us, campus at Crystal Lake and Huntley. I pray for them, that you would give them great wisdom as they lead their people through this. And I pray for our ministry, Lord. Help me to be sober and alert as a pastor, as well as my prayer for Rich and Matt and our elders. Protect us from Satan's attacks. Lord, you know the strange thing is in the midst of all this pain, you keep growing people. I know that this whole thing has impacted me spiritually. And there will be blessings that come from this that we could never imagine. In Christ's name.